welcome back to Planning Phase Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us for our universe extended discussion on Andor episode 10. This is episode 16 of the universe extended. And joining me tonight on our discussion is JJ, the lion's lover, Gridiron. How are you tonight, <laughs> sir? Doing all right. I am so excited to talk Andor. Man, this episode was coming and it did not disappoint. This is probably the best episode of the season. It was fantastic. So I'm, I'm going to preface this with saying I literally, so I went upstairs. My wife was uh, had been sick, right? So she wasn't at school and I, I, I didn't really pay attention that she was like home at all and then she came out at the beginning of the episode and was kind of sitting there watching it with me and i'm i'm sitting here like answering the questions and eating my soup because uh, i eat soup for lunch quite a bit not right now i'm trying to lose some weight and so like i love my soup and so i'm eating my soup and i got my sandwich and i'm like eating sandwich eating soup and all of a sudden it gets to a certain point in the episode which we'll get to in just a second and i go get him get him and i'm like yelling at the tv and she's like what, what are you doing why what is wrong with you? What are, what's going on? And I was and like, so I had to explain to her because she doesn't care about Andor, I guess. And so as it watched any of the episodes with me, and it's this whole thing. So, if you were in my house, <laughs> you got to see it. And I, I, I will agree with you. I said I'm at the edge of my seat. Um, I was yeah. this. This was the anticipation episode, and this episode trumps the heist episode. Period. Yes. Like yes, just hands down. Now, uh, two things. One, this is your spoiler alert. From here on out, in the next 10 seconds, there's going to be only spoilers. Just as an FYI, it'll be spoilers. Spoilers? All right, we're done. Don't care anymore. Hopefully, hopefully you, you, you've tuned off if, if, if you don't want spoilers. My guess is if you light watch the show, you probably have already watched all this. So, whoo. Um, and I did, yeah. I ran upstairs to pee and get my whiskey and, and get a little bit more water. And I ran cause I was excited. Now, second thing, JJ, I didn't know if you knew this, but one of the, and they actually had an article and I don't remember who posted it in Greg's, uh, discord, but somebody in Greg's discord posted this article too late, Greg, uh, about the, from the writers and the stuff and the directors mm -hmm. for episode 10. I did not know this, but some of the inspiration for the prison and how it was done was from that was from George Lucas's THX movie, as well as Black Mirror. Yes, yes, I didn't know about the Black Mirror part, but yes, absolutely, it definitely was from the THX. There's definitely a lot of those vibes in there, especially when you hear the uh, like the background theme uh, for like the the build up moments for the prison heist um, and some of the other scenes too, where like Andor is like seeing like things happen. Um, you can kind of get that vibe on there. Uh, it was beautifully scored. The anticipation just built up so much, and it was such a big payoff there. Um, started from the beginning, right? We we start where where the last episode picks off. Uh, Andor and Kilo uh, comes out from from seeing their their other jailmate um, die, and uh, Kilo Moy is just like shaken up. And Andor is telling him, 
this is confirmation. This is what I've been trying to tell you that we need to get the hell out of there. And he's like all shaken up. Like he he's obviously knows that he has to escape, but he he's still in disbelief of what's going on. And he still hesitates until Andor finally pushes him through. And they come up with the plan that they need to get out. And finally, when the scene starts, where the, the breakout starts occurring and they're waiting for the new person to come in, um, the way that they, were, that they led up to disabling the, the electric floor with the water spill uh, leading up to that initial uh, guard suppression where they're trying to basically shoot down the prisoners while they're throwing anything that they can at these guards. I mean, man, what a scene. Like, that was so great just seeing these unarmed guys overwhelm these these guards and then just turn the tables on these guys man it was fantastic loved yeah. it no i and i agree and i think you know so when we go back to i'll go back a little bit right and 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 obviously this this is focused on him getting out but we're also getting more of a taste of um Mon Mothma at this at the at this time, which we'll get to here in a second as well. And and they're cutting back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth between the two. And and the way that they cut the episode together is great. The best part for me though, and this is like what set set up the whole episode is when they start the episode, you're already on your edge because you know this has to be a prison break episode. You know it. Like there's no way they can continue. They they just found out they never get out. And at this current time, Snoke, I'm sorry, he's not Snoke. Um, <laughs> at this current time, <laughs> and he has he he yells through there and he accepts that Andor is correct. Now, one thing I th- I feel weird that they kind of missed is Andor. I wish Andor would have told him a weird thing from the uh original heist scene, right? Because if he had kind of done that after like the guy who decided he wanted to be a part of this whole like prison break thing. I think there would be even bigger confidence because, Oh my God, we now have somebody that was part of something that genuinely, genuinely upset the um, empire. Uh, And I don't know, like the way that they, the way that they filmed it, the water thing, I didn't quite understand at first. Because to me, if they electrify the floor, they just flood it with water. Doesn't that kill them faster? Like I didn't well, understand you it. You gotta, you gotta understand the volume of the current that goes on there, right? The the water would essentially amplify the effect of the electricity to that way it would cause an overload to that particular grid that's okay. transmitting it. So that was the whole point of that is just to flood it to make sure that when they did turn it on, it would essentially short out their system. And they can no longer use that weapon because it's it's been overloaded and they fried their circuit essentially. Yeah. So okay. So I must have missed that that piece of it. That's genius. So I guess that's a really yeah. good take that um they that he had on that. And it's a good thing he didn't accidentally cut through that pipe too soon. Then <laughs> can you imagine if he had cut through that pipe too soon, they'd all be screwed. He'd yeah. Be, they'd all be dead. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So we get him. And he's convinced everybody and everybody is in bo- on board of this. And the guards are so stupid and lazy. Like they're watching guards, which you can't do. And the guards are just like, uh, whatever. Like, they can't do anything. And then all yeah. of a sudden they get the, the lowering and then the revolution. Like then all of a sudden all hell just breaks loose. 
and it's an immediate everybody for themselves get up on the table get rid of this start killing these fuckers you know like let's go and that's when you get a true sense at that point how big this prison is how many floors were to this prison and how each individual like tower had that many floors on top of it. I mean, you, you're talking about several tens of thousands of prisoners in this, in this location, all breaking out now, once they bring down the system, like it's, it's crazy. Like the, just the sheer scope of how big this breakout was. And then finally, um, and, and you can, those guards were cowards as you have that one scene where they're all rushing through and all those guards are like hiding inside of a room and they're like, no, don't make a noise so that way they don't see us. And, and then they finally make it out to the hatch where they, they finally taste free air only to see that they're literally in like the middle of this giant lake. And the only way out is to dive into the water and swim like hell. Uh, man, that, that, that last part of the reveal right there and then kilo uh noise saying i can't swim as he's right there at the edge of freedom about to be free and then andor turns to try to help him out only to get pushed right into the water and that's that's basically where we leave those those characters right there with andor making it out um but my goodness just just that build up of how how he convinces uh, Kino to speak to the rest of the prison and have the rest of the prisoners riot and and break out at the same time. It was just fantastic. Love it. Now I have a couple of uh, <clears throat> questions about it where 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 I have some observation. Right. So we we have them easily overpowering the guards for the most part. Right. They're arming yeah. themselves. Which I'm going to say the guards the way that facility is set up is stupid. They had all of the like all the arms are right by the entrance for these 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 things, right? And I get, yeah, it's easy access for guards to grab guns and kill things, but it's dumb. It's dumb. Who designed that? Who thought that was a good idea? Because you would like they don't do that in prison. We know that they don't have armories right next to death row inmates. It doesn't happen. The armories are separate. Trust me. Yeah. But that's that's where you go back to the first uh, the first conversation that Cassian has with Luthien when he asks them how you're able to attain it. And he talks about the arrogance of the Empire, that they'll they're so content with themselves that they never think that anybody can come up and match their position or their tactical advantage. And they're because of their arrogance. That's why it's so easy to take or, or to beat the Imperials. And that's exactly the case in the design of this prison. They they think that nobody is smart enough to conceive such an escape plan that you just leave it right there, leave the armories accessible and available to anybody. Cause it was basically an open hall where all those weapons were and they walk right up and they're like, here, and you get a weapon and you get a weapon. And you, <laughs> they had like a fully armed, like militia inside of that, that prison that the guards just couldn't take, handle at that point. Yeah. And there's never more than 12. Yep. And so I, I'm going to lament for a second. And I know, like, I don't want to spend an hour having this conversation on one episode, even though it was that great of an episode. We have somebody directing and working and writing for Star Wars that has done other things, right? In this episode, in this episode, it shows. Like, this episode shows a depth of. Uh, writing that we have not seen in a long time. And I, I'm going to, 
I, I don't want to say this because I'm going to get a lot of hate mail, but I feel this episode right here and the writing for this really rivals Rogue One. Like, and again, of all the new movies, for me, Rogue One is the best. Like, I like Rogue One. I bought into it. It was a very, um, for me, it was this whole feel thing of how they they built Rogue One up. I feel Andor has gone in that same vein, but I feel this episode has gone to the nines or the tens in, in what it's doing. Um, Man, I don't know. Okay, and to think we had Boba Fett uh, about this time of the year last year. <laughs> no offense. Totally Charles. different scope. The, totally different scope too, right? So, um, so now transitioning back to to Mon Mothma, right? That as we see that particular part of the story unfolds, uh, she finally gets to meet this financer that's going to help her transfer all this money here, and you can tell that this guy he he is a very conniving scheming guy he, he's definitely the shady type who clearly has plans because he can clearly see that Mon mothma is definitely into something that she doesn't want to that she values so much and she knows that he can get an opportunity here um by uh, like trying to take advantage of Mon mothma and basically proposes that um in order for him to um essentially launder the money that Mamma needs in order to get to the rebellion that he allows his son to come in and make an introduction with her daughter who is of age um so that way they can meet and obviously the bigger plan here is to basically form an arranged marriage between the two so that way he can now gain status using the Mothman name uh to gain ranks inside of the empire for for his family um just to see Mothma snap at that moment when that's even suggested. Um, man, like the actress for Mon Mothma, just great. Just great in, in her reaction and her delivery of that part. Um, that was something that was really good, actually. Yeah, and I think that when we talk about this type of thing and we see, you know, we see this, right? You have a vision of why it's so insane that ranged marriages are a thing. That's what this is, but it's he's and he's sitting here saying it's insurance. This is insurance. It's so that you don't rat me out. I don't need money. I don't need power. I just want to ensure that you're going to go down with the ship. If I go down with the ship and I want to ensure that you have a viable piece in this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's to me that was genius writing as well. Um, for it, and I think it's kind of something that we see. <coughs> we see my Mothma a new thing because she denies it. She's like, "Screw you, fucker!" Like, "I'm no way." And he's yep. like, "We'll see. You're gonna think about it." No, I'm not gonna think about it. The answer is no. He's like, "Yeah, okay, we'll see." And yeah, and do you think that she will eventually consider it if she gets that desperate to move money for the empire? Yes. Now, I think so, for different reasons, though. Not the desperate, not the desperate piece of it, as much so as she will use it as a way to keep her daughter safe. 
Because this yeah. is going to keep her daughter safe. I'm going to give you an arranged marriage. Maybe it'll buy me a little bit more time. Maybe it's going to buy me these things that I don't have, you know, before. And then when things go south for her and she has to run away, she knows her daughter is going to be safe. Because she obviously don't give two shits about her husband. Right? Nobody, he, she doesn't yeah. care about him. She, she's, he's not even a factor in this equation right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, yeah. If he dies, whatever. Yeah. Now, for the ultimate surprise that I had in this whole episode, the prison break, I, I, not super surprising. We did have some casualties. You know, I will say um, him not being able to swim. This like that's that was pretty heartbreaking. And you, if JJ goes back through our text messages, he's going to see I screamed. No, no! <laughs> yeah, I remember that <laughs> right at that point. Like and then I was like, shit, I'm giving something away, but I'm not going to tell him what it is. But I screamed no, because it's like, oh, my God, you just reveal this guy can't swim. And yeah. there's one more plot twist we're going to go over. And then I want to come back to this prison break thing, because I have a bigger question of why they didn't try to hold the facility and keep it for themselves. Like that was never even an option anybody thought of. They could have just killed all the Imperials in there and try to hold that and try to get word out. But we're going to come back to that in a second. I want to come back to that because the biggest reveal, in my opinion, of the whole episode, right, is towards the end, Luthen has a meeting with a special person. Oh, I can't believe I forgot that. Yes. And it's uh, an ISB agent. I don't remember the guy's name, but it's an ISB agent. And all of a sudden I go, holy fuck. I never no. Once did I never, ever, suspects. ever. Lonnie, thank you. I never yeah. thought about like they needed people on the inside, but they had an ISB agent on the inside. And this is all kind of like somewhat of a callback. If you think about if you if you read any of the uh, the books, the aftermath books, I can't remember the guy's name, but there was the ISB agent that essentially sides with the resistance after the war. And I can't remember his name. Um, It'll come to me later, I'm sure. I'll be sitting up and I'll be sitting upstairs editing this episode and it's going to come to me and I'm going to be pissed off. I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But here's the even bigger twist. It's not just that it was an ISB agent, which I didn't even think of was a needed factor. Luthen essentially tells this agent, fuck you. You are staying. This agent comes to him and says, Hey, I'm ready to get out. I'm done. I don't want no more part of this. I got a family now. And he's like, Baby, it's it's too late. I don't think you get it. You don't seem to understand. It's you're you're done. You go back, you're dead. Yep. And he implies he's going to kill him. He's implying that he will make sure this guy does not live. Mm -hmm. This is the rebellion I'm talking about. This is true rebellion, right? Like when we we talk about we had this, we watched New Hope, and that's candy coated. Right. Empire Strikes Back is candy coated. This is this is how fucking the shit really works in real life. There's actual real consequences. And this is like what I get really excited because this is saw shit right here. Like we all thought it was just saw as a renegade. No, no, no. Luthen is like saw just more political. Yeah, absolutely. 
it, he and he delivers one of the best soliloquies when he gets asked, you know, the agent complains to him. He's like, you know, I'm I'm giving up, you know, my family, my sanity for this and stuff. You know, what have you sacrificed? And Luthien goes into probably one of the best speeches ever delivered on any any type of Star Wars media. And he goes into detail about what he sacrificed for this rebellion. And it's like immediately, like he puts it in a scope where I feel more for this character than I ever did for like Saw Gerrera and all the stuff that Saul went through. And just to see the scope of what he, the dedication that he's putting into making sure that this rebellion succeeds. Like it, it was. I mean, you got to give your hats off to Skarsgård for for making this character just be so so interesting, so like so attention grabbing. Like it was just, it was awesome. Just the best, flat out best performance in all Star Wars was that one moment right there by him. Like it, it was just wow. And like I literally had goosebumps at the end of that that speech. Like it was great. Yeah. And the best is he walks forward, right? Yep. Like and the camera zooms in <clears throat> and he says kin kinship, kindness, calm, love, everything. He's given a chance for inner peace. Because he is and, and, and we learned this a few minutes before, right? He's giving up a friend of his to be murdered to keep these ISB agents safe. He is giving yeah. up and sacrificing. And this is what happens in war. And this is why war is disgusting, right? This is why I'm very anti, very anti-war and invasion and all these other things is because these type of decisions that have to be made. And if war is not necessary, why are we doing it? In this instance, war is insanely necessary because the empire is growing out of control and is run by a tyrant dictator and a whiny 12-year-old who lost his wife and his arms and legs. And yes, fuck Anakin to some extent. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, like, good for you, Anakin. Whatever. This guy is giving up his dreams. And he yeah. essentially says, he says something about his dreams are ghosts. And that's what we should have named the episode today. But that's, that's what it is. His dreams are ghosts. So... Here's here's something to add on to like the more expanded lore in the books and stuff. We know that in the first book of Thrawn, the main antagonist that he has to go find is the Nighthawk, right? He's yep. one of the leaders of the cell. Do you think we will see an appearance or at least a mention of this up and coming captain who goes hunt down Luthien and his associate Nighthawk? Is or Luth is Luthien, Luthien possibly Nighthawk? I would go farther and say Luthien is possibly Nighthawk. Yes. And that's my that's my desire to see him live. I don't think he lives, though. But that would be my desire to see him live. And it would be a little bit weird because they call him Axis. But maybe they yeah. did that on purpose, right? Because if they did say Nighthawk, it's immediate callback. I mean, we immediately know who he is then. Yeah. And in the Thrawn book, spoiler alert, right? But in the Thrawn books, Nighthawk isn't murdered by Thrawn. Mm -hmm. And is a rival of Thrawn. I missed that piece. I do think you're probably right in that. 
that I feel that the correlation is pretty strong. I think it would be a big leap on Disney's aspect or uh, on Disney to, to make that jump. But if we're talking multi or like long-term, like MCU style, that's an easy thing to do because if they make reference to it, allude to it, and then we get the Ahsoka series and the Ahsoka series hits as as hard as this does, there is an easy spinoff for Thrawn to come back and have his own show or oh yeah nighthawk to have his own show yeah absolutely i don't know that's crazy i I didn't even think about that but yeah you're right and maybe it's because you read them more recently than i did but yeah that that makes sense there is somebody as genius and and we know luthan's gonna go into has to go into hiding or is gonna get killed here soon like they've alluded to this with through dialogue for three episodes now and he's not being careful anymore and he doesn't care he's losing his his desire to give a fuck about his yeah. safety. Yeah. And I, he, I, he says he I, will not see the end of this. Yeah. And I suspect that the finale is him being chased by the Empire. And we're going to see a sick space battle with his mini decimator versus a squad of like interceptors and tie fighters. Like it's I, I feel I feel the space battle coming and I'm going to immediately relate this to X-Wing and I'm going to want him on the table like immediately like <laughs> you, you like there needs to be hot fell? shots in fact do we have i think fell? i oh my god a live action suits here oh my god okay we need hot shots in aces three like right now okay <laughs> like right <laughs> now, man. oh man uh, give me yeah give me give me a oh god give me a soon here fell on live action get, okay if that happens you and i are going to simultaneously call charles at the same time <laughs> and be like guess who the fuck just appeared on screen <laughs> yes i know exactly oh man that would be fantastic man fantastic all right so the last piece that we're going to come back and then we're going to wrap up here in the next two two or three minutes the last piece is we come all the way back to that prison break right and at the very end we see andor and one other person running away we see okay. searchlights and no one else so my question is a why didn't they try to take over that facility and only a few people leave. Like nobody thought of that, I guess. <laughs> B. They, they had the chance at freedom. That's why. And and that's fair, right? And that's that's probably fair. That seemed like a long drop into the water. Um, uh, and I need to, we need to go back to when Cassian gets brought there because I think if we go back to when Cassian gets brought there, we'll see if we if that was displayed and we missed it as a, as a, as a, as a I don't know as a Star Wars fans if we missed that. Um, and this maybe shouldn't have been as big of a surprise, but they're all jumping off off this tower, and only two of them live. Like that seems ludicrous for the tens of thousands yeah. of people that are in there. Um, I, don't I know. think they just chose different. I, I mean, granted, by the time we see them when they're leaving, it looks like midday when they jump, and then at at the end scene, it's already nighttime. So we can assume that they've been on the run for a few hours. So I would assume that. She, you know, once people hit land, they just disperse, right? Like, get out to wherever you can and run for the Empire. They can't catch us all. So it, it, it would assume, I think it would make sense to me that they just 
went off with you know whoever they wanted and they just spread out in all different directions to make it harder for the empire to track them i 100 percent believe that melchi is the one that's with andor just because we do see him in rogue one it would make sense why he would have followed him in the, the last battle so that is true that's a good point i didn't think about that either i didn't know who it was it was too blurry for me to to pick it up i only watched it once um i usually i watch the episodes twice um <laughs> so this 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 week was too busy for me to watch it twice um so to me this was a, a 11 out of a 10 episode personally and maybe it's because yeah. they did such a good job building up to this but i yes. feel the isb agent reveal was just such like a I, i'm still in shock of this right yeah like i'm still in shock and i'm gonna go back to what we talked a little bit about last week and when i said hey like the reason andor didn't have a reason before is because he didn't care enough and people like if we want to talk about humanizing this experience people don't care about certain things until it affects them mm -hmm. Even if you live in poverty, a lot of people don't care about changing poverty until it affects them to such a great extent. And then they have to be given the opportunity to be able to live that life and get out of poverty. And then they do something. Mm -hmm. This is the real human experience that we're seeing. And maybe this is why it touches home better. Um, I will say if, the story writing is amazing. I don't care what anyone says. I, I The story writing to me is amazing. I think that last episode was amazing buildup. And this episode is like the culmination of a little bit of a sigh, but it doesn't mean Andor and all his friends are off the hook and the sacrifice that went through here was off the charts. There yeah. was a big sacrifice for the freedom of a few. Yeah. Ugh, so good so good so excitable i mm. i can't wait for the season finale we got what two more episodes left we have two more episodes i i anticipate next episode will be not as action-packed will be a little bit more story development but will be pretty on your edge next episode because yeah. this is going to be next uh, my belief is next episode cassian has to figure out how to get off there and they have to come in contact with somebody, right? Like he's going to have to figure out a way to reach out to the rebellion and make his presence known. And I think this is where we get the Cassie and Andor speech. I could be wrong. It might be two episodes, but I feel we're going to get that speech or we're going to get up to the cliffhanger and they're going to have him at gunpoint. And then next episode, we're going to get his speech. And if that's the case, I will bitch next week. I will warn you ahead of time. Um, I want my Cassian speech. I want him to laminate. And all I can say is I hope I get a K2SO by episode 12. That's my that's my ultimate dream is we get a K2SO by by that. Because we uh, know he you know he's getting set up to go back to for his mother. That's where they're gonna try to catch him. I think he, we see he's K2 going back. Season. Yeah, I think I think we have K2 next season. I don't think we'll see him by the end of the of uh of this season just because um i don't think it makes sense at the moment right now um to introduce it um especially if he's on the run because I, I think that for you to be able to reprogram a droid you just need a lot of equipment that Andor simply doesn't have access to 
Um, it could be that he meets up with Luthien again and he helps him reprogram uh, K2. But again, that sounds like a season two plot line that's going to need time to be fleshed out because so far as they're developing this particular series, they're taking the time on telling the story and to rush something into like having K, uh, K2 come in and be introduced into the story and the whole plot line for the reprogramming to be done in one episode, I think will be a disservice to that character. Um, so I, I think this is more of a season two plot line that we'll see. Could be. Oh, well, JJ, I think we've <clears throat> laminated for a good half hour here. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week, 9 p.m. Eastern, with another episode of Planning Face Syndicate talking about X-Wing. And after that, we'll be doing another recap of Andor episode 11. Um, and maybe we'll get the Tales of the Jedi then because we still haven't done that yet. <laughs> Um, which is fine. Yeah. It's it's fine. It's fine. I we'll we'll get to the tales of the Jedi. It'll happen. And then once that's done, uh, Bad Batch, can't wait. Yeah, Bad Batch. We had till what February? Uh, January, I thought, but yeah, we'll see. Okay. Well, good. So then we'll have a month of. I don't know what we'll do for a month for Universe Extended stuff. So we'll see. We got Thrawn, baby. We got. Thrawn. We do have Thrawn. We could go back to Thrawn. <laughs> Well, I All started, right. you know what I started? I, I started to finish the last two books of the High Republic as well. So I'm I'm nice. going through the last two books for the High Republic, uh, which I know you haven't read. Um no. uh, we could do Alphabet Squadron Squadron Two. Um I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to look at some things and see what, what uh we have left in the tank. Yeah. There. So anyway, thank you all for joining us. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week, Sunday at nine PM Eastern. Have a good night, everyone. See ya.